Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. I'm Tell Me on the Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. As always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And while we're recording this, it is Ashley Steve's birthday. So Matt and I are spending Yay. the rest of the week together. Hope you guys are pumped. Pumped. But what's fun about this, Grace, is that not only will we be spending will we be spending the week together here on Today on Broadway, we will be spending at least a couple days over the next week yes. IRL together. We will be yeah. probably, I think, recording Friday's episode together in my hotel room, I guess, maybe, yes, uh, before, exactly we see, before we see the tap dance kid um, at City Center Encore. So we are doing a whole lot of Broadway radioing together in person and virtually this week. So very, very excited about that, except for apparently it's going to be snowing on Thursday and Friday on my way up. But such is life. Um, also, I do want to mention that in the podcast feed, the previous episode to this one is my special episode with Sam Polly and your friend, uh, Andrew Kober, two of literally my favorite people on Broadway, wonderful Aww. human beings, and just were really a joy to talk to. They are both going to be a part of a concert coming up. Uh, at the Mm. Green Room 42 that, Grace, you, Ashley, and I will be going to on um, Sunday, February 6th at 9.30 p.m. They were part of the reading series, which is what it's called, was they doing virtual readings. And so they brought some of the people who did some of their their virtual play readings together to do a concert at the Green Room. So listen to that episode. Sam tells some great stories about like her casting for Six and also being cast as Avita in the Regents Open Air production of Avita, like literally at the same time in the concessions that Six gave her because they knew what a big deal that production of Avita was going to be. Andrew and I talked about so many things about well, first about credit card reward points, which is a big deal he for loves Andrew. That. He loves it so much. And then, but we talked about like just his look at life doing the during the pandemic, where he had yeah. his second, his wife had their second child during the pandemic, yeah. and like trying to balance that with the feelings of like having to get back on stage. So both of these conversations were fantastic, and like I said, two of just the the mm. most warm, open, good people you are going to come across. So highly recommend you listen to those two conversations and uh, jump back in uh, to the podcast feed after that for everything else we have. I love that. I wish I wish that was the segue into what I was supposed to talk oh, about. Yeah, not feel good yeah number one i love you andrew dice clay cober that's i mean the the long form version of his name um i don't know if you knew that on the birth certificate yeah yeah. uh but tonight as we were recording uh mj the musical opened at the neil simon theater with reviews embargoed until 10 p.m so we are coming in hot very late in the eve to to get all of this so get ready for us to deliver some tea Uh, miles frost plays the titular michael jackson role the show has a book by lynn nottage with of course music made famous by the jacksons uh, and michael jackson himself um first from the new york times we're just going to get straight into it jesse green says of miles frost the breathy voice the head down eyes up gaze the interjectory squeals and yelps frost has them down cold perhaps too cold. Absent any deeper revelation of the singer's character, Frost's performance of the song soon begins to seem animatronic, as if he were created by Disney Imagineers. Ultimately, the problem with MJ is not its ethical stance, but the way that stance distorts its values as entertainment. Even the combined power of Jackson's material and Wielden's reanimation of it cannot make up for the emptiness at its center we cannot understand or accept the main character if he's deliberately kept from us. That's really interesting. Yes, it was really interesting. I, I actually found that the whole review was worth the read. Um, 
sometimes we can be off put with him. (laughs) But um, this one was really, really comprehensive, which I think that this is what this production particularly deserves for all of us. Next, from The Hollywood Reporter, Lovia Gyarki writes, MJ provides a clear portrait of Jackson as an abused person, but sidesteps thornier questions about him as an abuser. Nottage's uh, production arrives at an interesting cultural moment, one in which we are being shepherded back to the gospel of the Jacksons. Janet Jackson recently released a Lifetime documentary special. I don't know if you all have had a chance to watch this already, but it, it establishes her own narrative. But times have changed, especially the public scrutiny of celebrity accounts, along with conversations around what constitutes abuse and its impact on mental health. MJ will undoubtedly introduce a new generation to the artist's work, but I wonder if it will cast the same spell. And then finally, from Naveen Kumar of Variety, the demons that Jackson battles and MJ, his father, and the media are figured as monstrous. But if there was darkness behind the angelic falsetto, a mix of light and shadow that made Michael Jackson a singular artist, MJ enacts a sleight of hand, insisting it didn't belong to him. It's a renouncement worthy enough of a smooth criminal. (laughs) Um, criminal. There you go. Alien Ant Farm also has a great version, so yes. go listen to that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Matt, like, what was your take? I think that all of these, including like every single review that's out there, is probably worth a read. And then our own, you know, consumption of this particular piece. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it like uh, as I'm planning. I guess what three trips to New York this spring? Like, I grew up loving michael jackson music like there are stories and i've told the story before yeah of course but i'm also like of the age when like i was you know i was a kid when beat it and thriller and and billy jean and those songs like were on the radio and were like released like there are stories and i've told the story before so if you're a long time listener i apologize but like my parents tell stories of me back in the old days of like the tube televisions putting a glove on my left hand and dancing in the living room and watching myself in the reflection of the turned off tv so like Michael Jackson is a huge part of my childhood and and that music is still super important to who uh, I was as a consumer of, of entertainment and of music and of theatrics and of dancing. And so like if all of the stuff that Lynn Nottage is so carefully uh, excavated away from this musical at the behest, I'm sure of the Jackson estate who is very much involved in this. um, If that stuff had never happened, I would be, I would have seen it already, to be honest with you. Like I would not have skipped this show in previews. Um, But because of everything that we've learned um, about him since then, and I mean, I know where I stand, like I'm always going to stand with the victims because the victims have been incredibly persuasive and there's no reason in my mind to not believe them. But even if you don't, if you have doubts about that, like to me, like you can't go into this show without that hanging over you and to have even very very little recognition of that really taints the whole project for me so i'm i'm torn like i know i probably should see it as a media uh, as a member of, yeah. the, of the broadway media because it's going to be a major part of the discussions for a lot of awards yeah. but i feel the same way with like the west side story the evil van hova west side story like i didn't want to see a show with amar ramasar in it um it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a little different because um that was a person that was physically on stage and this is a this is the person being portrayed. I'm not sure which one is better or worse, but I'm just I'm conflicted. And it seems like what I was hoping that Lynn would be able to do with this book to bring that a little bit at least to the forefront hasn't happened, which makes me even more conflicted than I already was going in. 
Yeah, I think it's it's always this really fun barometer that I am also learning about society, which is like what constitutes as abuse for people and also their proximity to fame and like things that they have decided that they trust first, um, where they're much more likely to ensure the trust of someone that they don't know that is famous rather than someone that they don't know that isn't. So <laughs> it's always, yeah. it's, it's always fascinating to me, but um, especially like coming off of, I was just telling you this, um, watching the W. Kamel Bell uh, four part documentary about Cosby. We've got to talk about Cosby. And um, it, it's just, it's so interesting to me, like how we as Americans and especially the theater community are dealing with this. I think it's all nuanced and I think it's all worthy of a conversation. I don't think it's like cut and dry because yep. so many people that I love and respect and, and, and how they consume media go, it's so interesting because I very much believe the survivors of this abuse. I also really loved this show because I don't yeah. believe that they are trying to cover up or try to sway us to see like, hey, see, he was abused as a kid. So, you know what? Uh, abusers abuse, abuse, abuse. So yeah. uh, it's That's just a fact. It's, like, I, I yeah. don't doubt that. Like, I have no doubt right. that the abuse in his life probably led him to do the things that he did later in life, whether it's the abuse or anything else. Like, that's a real thing. Like, I believe that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the thing to me is also like, where is the line for each individual person about enjoying the art and separating the art from the artist? Like, I don't know where that is for me. And I think it's probably on a case by case basis, but like, that's a legitimate conversation that I'm fine having with people because, mm. um, ultimately the art once, the, and you know, this as a writer, like once you are done with it and put it out into the world, it's not yours anymore. So yeah, like the, scary. Yeah. And like, so like the uh, Michael Jackson's art and by extension, this show, which is built around his art, like that's in the public's sphere now. So should somebody not enjoy that because of things that we think that the artist did? That's a decision that each individual person has to make. And I don't know that there's a clear answer. I think there are, you know, in the case of like, a murderer or a serial killer, like, okay, that's a pretty clear one. Um, but I think depending on what we're talking about, um, Cosby and Jackson being obviously extreme examples, but going on down the cancellation scale, like there's a sliding, you know, continuum of where you come down as to when, it, where, when and where you can separate the art from the artist. I just don't know that I'm there to being able to see this show, despite the fact that like a lot of people who are in the industry that I know and respect like you mm -hmm. say the show's great. So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I know I'm being really wishy-washy and just keep saying, I don't know, but I, I literally don't know. I'm just very conflicted I'd about rather, this. I'd rather you have the conversation and I'd rather people say, I don't know. And I'm also willing to like, listen and like mm -hmm. learn and, and weigh all this stuff rather than like hard. Yes. Or hard. Like, you know what? I like the music on all you know what I mean like yeah. I think that I, I I appreciate when we're able to have these discussions and uh on that note I guess we can yeah. segue into um Martin McDonough facts fun fact about Martin McDonough um he is betrothed to uh my idol of all time uh oh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge mm -hmm. and so that's how we're getting into this so Great. hangman if you remember, which previously had 13 previews at the Golden Theater pre-pandemic, it played its final show on March 12th of 2020 because, hello, we shut down. It will return to Broadway's Golden Theater this spring. They begin preview performances on April 8th ahead of an opening night scheduled for April 21st. It's a limited 10-week engagement. Here's the ten thing. 10 weeks? That's ten weeks. nothing. I don't want many things in life. Actually, I want a lot of things. 
I wish a lot I want of things. A lot of things. Yeah. I, but I want fewer things in this moment than going to see opening night of Hangman. Why? One, I can schmooze with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Is she two heads taller than me? She is. Number She's two. Like double your height. Yeah. Alfie Allen will be there because yeah. he's in the show. And like, kudos to him. He's adorable. Didn't really watch Game of Thrones. But that means Lily Allen will be there. Oh, his is he Lily Allen's sister. significant other? No, that's his sister. Oh, Alfie Allen. Okay, yeah, I don't know yes. who this person is. I know he was on Game of Thrones and he's replacing Dan Stevens, who did the role in uh, in the original one, right? I don't know anything about it, but I do know that Martin McDonough, the damn pillow man himself, also writer of, what's it, what, in Bruges? Yeah, he's amazing. All these people are amazing. I can't wait to see this show and I will be there for their limited 10-week engagement, but damn, if I don't try to be at that damn opening night. Yeah, I'm not going to be there in uh, in April, so I'm not going to be there at opening night, but I will be there in May, and this is definitely high, high on the list for when I start putting that spreadsheet together. Catch me stalking the Golden Theater April 21st. Right, let's take a moment from the show to talk about our sponsor for this week, Today Ticks. So I've gotten to see so many more shows, like I was talking about earlier, I love seeing shows, than I normally would because of how easy it is to use the Today Ticks app. We talk about accessibility in theater all the time, especially and how they literally have the best prices for some of the best theater, comedy, improv, that you can get anywhere. Yeah, and as I talk about all the time, when I'm putting these trips together, as I'm making these spreadsheets, one of the, the columns in my spreadsheets always is what prices I can get on today ticks. I go through a lot of different avenues to try to find tickets and to get tickets for the best possible prices. And today ticks routinely has the best prices and what's even more the easiest way to get tickets. And you can get things in like 30 seconds by going to the app, going through the website. You can get things day of if I'm feeling spontaneous, which of course I have no chill, so I don't do that. You can also get exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lotteries to sold out shows, and so much more. Paytex isn't just for Broadway and London's West End. No, 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 no. You can also find tickets in cities across the country and across the world. Hi, Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney. That's not in the US. So many more cities. Um, see that show that you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much with Today Ticks. Go to todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. One more time. That's promo code Broadway at Today tix.com slash broadway for ten dollars off your first ticket purchase e-o-d-a-y-t-i-x.com slash broadway so this is not this was not something i thought i would see in the news today but i was absolutely floored Taraji P. Henson will star as Suge Avery in the Color Purple musical film adaptation. Other cast members that we've talked about before, Corey Hawkins, who we all love and in the Heights. He's also in Tragedy of Macbeth. When he steps onto the screen close to the very end, wow, wow, wow. Uh, Grammy and Oscar winning singer Her will also be in it. And who, who do you expect to be announced next? I'm just curious. Well, here's the thing. Like, Cynthia was attached to this for a long time. But now that she's playing Elphaba, like, are these going to be in production at the same time? I kind of No, they're going to make sure that she's doing it. It's Oprah. I Look, I heard she chose Wicked over this. So I don't know what they're doing. Like, I feel like if it was a done deal, they would have announced her first. 
Did um, you hear this from Dumois or did you hear this from a person? No, I've heard it from people, <laughs> Dumois. The only reason I ever know anything about Dumois is you or uh, my friend Annie Dolman sending me screenshots. Like, like it's the only time I've ever, I don't <laughs> even know what Dumois is really. But um, yeah, it, I, I would imagine that if it was going to be Cynthia, that they would have announced it already. I mean, they could, anything could change, but... I mean, they haven't gone into production for Wicked, and I just feel like the timing isn't going to work. But I hope I'm wrong because I didn't see her on Broadway, but that's like a performance that needs to be captured in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I will. One of my biggest flexes ever is that I was at that 2016 Tony Awards. It's so good. All right. This is my favorite. I've been waiting what to talk about this. I. You have no idea, Matt. You have no idea what you sent me because a new stage musical adaptation of the book, The Last Unicorn, is in the works. There will also be a live action film. This is a hat on a hat, and I can't make this up. Stacey Ferguson, also known as Fergalicious Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, is attached to do something with the musical in some capacity. I hope it's not to riff the national anthem. I don't know what this means, um, but she is attached to this project. The Last Unicorn, if you don't know, is a fantasy novel with a movie of the same title, cartoon film. The movie um, had Angela Lansbury as voiceover, Mia Farrow, Jeff Bridges. Matt, have you ever seen The Last Unicorn? No. Okay. I have two VHS copies of The Last Unicorn so that when one wears out, I have a backup and I have it on a, a special edition DVD. I love The Last Unicorn. So My much. Lord. I was like, this isn't real. There's no way. And then I saw Fergie was attached and I was like, there have been some mishaps. But what is going on? On. If you don't know The Last Unicorn, yeah. you can watch it on Hulu, on Roku, on Amazon Prime. That's where you can stream The Last Unicorn. It is an almost three hour. No, it's it's only like an hour and a half, but it feels very long. It was made in 1982. It is so good. I can't I can't say it enough. Okay. It was the Rankin Bass film. So oh, wow. if you're a fan of Rankin Bass Christmas movies, you will like that one. All right. Um, finally, in recommendations, we got a little video on the inside of the Palace Theater, which is currently being renovated again. Like this renovation is costing bajillion dollars. And I just hope that all of these renovations include a lot of safety precautions slash accessibility, because anytime I see a theater undergoing all this great massive construction so they can like raise the roof, literally, I'm like, OK, cool. So like, can everybody come now? Yeah. It, yeah. It, the the pictures that the, the artist rendering of what the inside is going to look like are really beautiful um and it looks great mm-hmm. uh, but like okay when uh when is this going to happen there were no dates involved with this update um it just feels like an unnecessary flex i, I mean i'm i'm excited they're raising the thing like three fl- it's the dumbest thing in the world but yeah. if it does make things more accessible if it leads to, to more restrooms if it leads to bigger seats so people of varying sizes can be comfortable if it leads to elevators and ramps and everything so that people um who use wheelchairs can get into things i i love it and and, and maybe that's the only way that some of these historical theaters um are gonna have some of these updates is if they just legitimately close the damn thing down for multiple years but didn't um, they just do it so they can have stores out front yeah d- yeah it was this was <laughs> definitely about retail space but i mean like yeah. while they're in there like if they make yeah. some of these changes too um 
Yeah, I mean it's a ridiculous thing. It's it's uh, it, it's absurd that they're raising it like three floors. They're putting like retail stuff underneath. It's going to be like on the third floor. There's going to be like mm-hmm. um, a, a balcony patio, rooftop patio. It's just it's just dumb and so unnecessary. But if it does lead to the benefits of making things more accessible, making things more modern, more convenient, um, and a better theater going experience for all audience members, I'll take it. I guess. You know who is doing that? The Vineyard Theater. I'm so excited to see Sam Blasted there. I'm I'm shouting this out because they are doing the damn work about accessibility and their renovations. So shout out to Vineyard Theater Company. I can't wait to go. Um, and on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me at BWW Matt. And don't forget, if you have something that you want me to talk about or do or find out for you while I'm in New York, hashtag BWW Matt Takes Manhattan. Uh, I will be doing a daily travel log episode during my New York trip every single day in our Patreon feed. So send over some content, send over some questions my first episode will come out on thursday running through my entire schedule i love that thank you guys so much check in with that and we will see you tomorrow fergalicious definition make them boys go loco they want my treasures so they get my pleasures from my photo you could see me you can't squeeze me i ain't easy i ain't sleazy 